Hi, my name is Jessica. I'm obsessed with costume drama. So is my mom, Gloria. Hello. And my sister, Sarah. Yep, me too. We live worlds apart, which is really hard. But one way for us to stay connected is through what we're watching. Pride and Prejudice with a glass of wine and some chocolate. Nice, Mom. Every season of Downton Abbey. Those costumes. Well, anything period drama. We'll be watching the latest shows and talking through the good, the bad, and the ugly of our favorite genre. And we want you to join us, too. From our couch to yours, we are the Lady Foxes. Join us now for Belgravia, Season 1, Episode 2. I was watching this episode in the kitchen with Ash coming and going and trying to get snacks. Since I was tasked with doing the recap, I had to watch it in the silence of my room so no one would bother me. Mom, where did you, did you have your chocolate chips? I watched it last night after dinner and I thought I was alone because dad was on a conference call, but he wandered in in the middle and then started asking me who this person is and who that person is. We open back in time. Sophia has just died. The doctor who delivered the baby comes to Anne and says Mrs. Casson and it took me a while to be like who's Mrs. Casson I realized she's using a fake last name this is all you have left of your daughter now is there not some tale you could devise that would allow you to raise him as your own matter is settled Mr. Trenton Mr. Casson has found a place where he'll be brought up now we're in present time. Anne is rattled with second-guessing her decision to give the baby away. His name, and I wrote it down, is Mr. Pope. Charles. <laughs> Charles Pope, right. So she calls on Lady Brockenhurst. Before she died, my daughter Sophia was delivered of a child, a boy, the son of Lord Bellasis. Lady Brockenhurst, for all she said out loud, she is now obsessed with finding her grandson. Uh, Lady Brockenhurst and Peregrine have no children, obviously, because her son died. But the nephew is John. Uh, we, John, exactly. He was a schemer and is next to inherit the family fortune. John is set to be married to some mysterious lady called Mariah Gray. He's not particularly excited about the engagement, but everyone else seems to be. Now, we're at a horticultural society event. Anne encounters Lady Brockenhurst. I forgot where he lives, this Mr. Pope. I'm not sure of the address. What about his parents? I remember the father was a clergyman. The Reverend Benjamin Pope. And the county? Sorry. There we are. I didn't hurt too much, did it? Lady Brockenhurst, she visits Charles in his office, and he's obviously surprised because he doesn't feel like he has any connection to this woman of such high status. She basically says, I've heard of your business. I want to invest in young and promising men. And then she invites him to a party. These people are easily my age. Yes. I can't imagine starting to party at 10 and having a big dinner at midnight. I, I don't think they did any heavy lifting during the day. Their lifestyle was so different. Someone would wake them up. Breakfast is brought to you, you didn't really have to do any work. So by 10 at night, I think you're still good to kind of yeah, socialize. Yeah, good point. Mrs. Trenchard, may I present a new acquaintance, Mr. Charles Pope. Mr. Trenchard, what are you doing here? Well, this is amusing. But there was I thinking Mr. Pope was my secret, only to find that you're well acquainted. How funny. How long have you known each other? Not a while. <laughs> Not long, a while. 
Yes, dear, do tell me. How long have you known Mr. Pope? It's interesting. You are seeing a reoccurring theme of Anne being thrust into social situations that make her so terribly uncomfortable. A really good bit of acting by Tamsin. She had to be like, I'm seeing my grandson for the first time. I can't show him that. She doesn't want to look too surprised in front of Lady Brockenhurst. And then her husband just pulls out a doozy. He's going to have to get season tickets to a greenhouse for the rest of his life, basically, to make up for this. (laughs) You are in no position to lecture me. You have built and enjoyed a friendship with our grandson that you have denied me most cruelly. Then there's um, her daughter-in-law who's really on the make. He has been trying to get invitations to society events. Yes. And she also managed to embarrass Anne when she was introduced to Lady Brockenhurst by being yes. so fawning. And you also find out she and John, the nephew, may have kind of an affair going on. You're just the sort of man to make me say all manner of things I don't want to say in the least. Yes, and I'm going to make you do all manner of things you don't want to do in the least. Last part of the recap, Charles and Lady Mariah Gray meet. And she has an uncanny knowledge about the cotton industry in India. <laughs> so they're obviously going to have a connection. And, and, and that's sort of the end of the recap. Do you know, it also occurred to me totally randomly in this episode that everyone keeps on changing their clothes to show that it's a different day. First of all, how many clothes would they have? Because their outfits are so extraordinary in the fabrics. And that's why you don't ever start a scene with the maids. You have no idea what day is. They wear the same thing every time. I get that the feeling there is a universal disrespect for the trenchard from their servants. Yeah, I think that's because the trenchards are nouveau riche and don't have titles and that servants would have had more respect for people who are born to the manor. I love the fact that Mr. Trenchard designed the house of Lady Brockenhurst that she's hosting and she mentioned that. She's like, you know, you've been here before you've designed this place. He's providing houses so more and more people can have social mobility and it was seen as like a not a good thing. That's interesting because those are the things that make Anne so uncomfortable where his occupation is not only embarrassing to her, but providing her with her social status. You know, their relationship Um, is still, for me, either the biggest mystery or the biggest flaw in the writing. And maybe with future episodes, it'll be revealed. What about it to you is the mystery or the flaw? One, I don't see the attraction between them. I don't see that after all these years of marriage that they have any kind of simpatico with each other, but there's not an all-out war either. I just don't understand the, the relationship. You know what would have been helpful is to have a backstory, maybe some real flashbacks back in time where they first met, and maybe Anne will look exactly the same then too. (laughs) You know, I think that the biggest issue with that is Anne herself. I don't get her. She's a woman who's very controlled and contained, but there's also a kind of innocence. I think she needs some time alone. (laughs) (laughs) Can't you? She should probably go on a retreat and and do some sort of self-reflecting. And For me, I really felt for her this episode. She got my sympathy. I'm starting to root for her. Oh, oh, didn't you love the interaction when the daughter-in-law wanted to get invited to the at-home and Mm. Anne was like, hell no, I'm not inviting you. And there's another point that's going to be even more intense than embarrassment. Lady Brockenhurst is at some point going to reveal the connection to Charles Pope. And where does that 
where does that put the trenchers? So do you feel that the grandson is going to then be the recipient of the Brockenhurst fortune? I think that Lady Brockenhurst will ultimately angle for that. They dislike John. When will she reveal Charles Pope's identity to her husband? What do you guys think of Charles Pope? Because a lot of expectation is now being put <laughs> on him. What do you guys think of him? I think they cast him well because he seems like a gentle soul and a good person. And he's not said very much. I mean, he's adorable. He's good chemistry with Mariah Gray as well. Well, they've set that up and you begin to see the parallel between that relationship and his parents' relationship. True. And if they run out of topics revolving around cotton, will they have anything (laughs) else to talk about? She's definitely a classic beauty of the time. You know, she has those big eyes, the round face, but she's smart. She's definitely carrying more modern sensibilities for us as an audience to really like her. Although her family has titles, they don't have a lot of money. And John is going to inherit the Brockenhurst fortune. So for Mariah's mother, this is a strategic marriage and she's set on it happening. It's a very complex story. I mean, there is so much going on. I mean, so Mm -hmm. if you step back, everything that we talked about from all of these characters' motivations to the progression of the storyline, I would say I have to hand it to Julian Fellows because this feels more intricate and nuanced than other things that he's done. There's also nerd Easter eggs hidden in this episode. Lee Brockenhurst said that she was painted by Beachy. So I looked it up and I think she means Thomas Beach, who was a portrait artist at the time, but clearly she knows him so well. She calls him Beachy. Oh, good catch, Jesse. Well, predictions for episode three. I can predict that Anne and her husband's relationship does not get better. I predict that the Trenchett's daughter-in-law and John will have another interaction that creates more havoc. Okay. And I predict Mariah Gray will somehow figure out a way to see Charles again. I can't wait to find out. I love you guys very much. This is so fun. See you next time. Join us next time for episode three of Belgravia. You can find us on Instagram and Twitter at The Lady Foxes.